This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're on episode 36. So a bunch of people, like, noticed that we didn't do a show last week, which is, um, yeah, our bad. I was in Denver for like the fourth or fifth week this um, in the past couple months. So, um, yeah, we just were being lazy and, you know, having fun and trying to have a summer instead. So our apologies for that. So instead, what we did was release a blooper episode this week to help us repair the download numbers from last week. So please check it out. Um, It just has like some silly stuff that we've done over the past six months. And actually not as much silly stuff as I expected. But um, yeah, there's some ridiculousness in there. So check it out. Anyway, this week we have a couple people to shout out. So Polly Barker Walker, uh, thanks for reaching out on Facebook and for sharing a couple comments on some of our uh, things and even a story, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Miss Bedelia. So uh, she wrote a great um, review on iTunes that we actually shared on our social media account because we feel like it really like embodies what we tried to do with the show. And so it made us feel really good. So thank you for your comments. If you are on social media or on any of our accounts, please reach out that way. Um, we can like, you know, get you in the drawing and, and see if you win anything and stuff like that. So thank you for that review. Hunter Parrish, um, thank you for your comments as well. Entropy, Entropy Cat, um, I believe was also a review. So please reach out to us. That way we can get a hold of you. Elliot Day, thank you for your comments. Lisa Guo um, is our newest patron. So we'll be getting you your sticker uh, as soon as possible. eDay77, uh, the comment... Uh, that they had was the one that starts with appreciate you. So thank you. And this segment is uh, for you this week. AC cells. So um, we can't respond to you on Facebook. Uh, I think it's because you don't have an account or because we are like a business profile. It lets you contact us, but we can't respond to you. So we did get your stories. Uh, they will be some of the first stories in the next listener story episode. And thank you for sharing. But yeah, we, we can't respond to you. So that's why we weren't able to get back to you. And then MFFL40. So that's another review from iTunes. So please reach out to us on social media. That way we can actually get a hold of you. Anyway, uh, thank you all for your comments. Again, if you want to get shouted out or do a custom shout out, just let us know um, and reach out to us in any way, shape or form. Um, and especially if you become a patron, patron, a patron, if you become a patron on Patreon, uh, you can definitely send us a message to get a custom shout out to someone else that you know that listens or, you know, if you just want us to hear us uh, want to hear us say something goofy, which we do enough anyway. So what's going on in the news, Rach? I mean, everybody knows what's going on in the news. And everyone how should want we, to take part. How could we not talk about storming Area 51? And when is this? September 20th, I believe. I'm free. Are you free? You're so not free. I am free. Let's go. I'm going to take my two kids to go storm Area 51. No, no, no. We're leaving them behind. They have to They have to carry on the name. They have oh, to take man. care of the house. Sterling's man of the house. Oh, that's a terrifying thing for Cole. So what are they doing? Are they actually like going to meet up and really do this? Or is this a, a social media gag or I what? I mean, who knows? Oh, I do know that... Uh, what's his name is in? 
Chuck Norris, Norris, also and Keanu, Reeves Keanu Reeves and Elon Musk. So it's fine. We're going to be fine. Maybe with Elon Musk's crazy, who knows what he has up his sleeve kind of thing. Like the kind of weapons or things he has. Yeah, he has Keanu Reeves up his sleeve. Well, That's what yeah. he has. That's true. Which means we're going to be totally fine. So we're going to go. Everybody should go with us. We'll go. We're not actually going. Anyway. I'm sure it's like a 80-20 thing. <laughs> right. 80% of the internet is like, haha, and there's a 20% who's like, no, but for real. For real. Did you see the viral video that went out today of a dude taking a video of a bunch of like military personnel and saying, our Area 51 uh, rating brief. Thanks, everybody. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, so it's going viral right now. I don't know if it's legit, but it's pretty funny. It's pretty good. Um, okay, so this week I'm going to be talking about the Hop- Hopkinsville Kelly or Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins, which ties into something that we're actually watching and I'll plug them. But um, it's a hellier documentary. Um, but yeah, I'll talk about it. OK, and I'm going to be talking about the disappearance of Mara Murray. Um, so Mara Murray was a nursing student at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, on February 9th of 2004, around 7 p.m., she got into a car accident and was basically never seen again. Um, so here's kind of the stuff that happened beforehand. So around midnight the night before, uh, she searched MapQuest, which I just love that reference, um, for directions to Burlington, Vermont. Which, by the way, MapQuest sucked. Because remember, you had to print out like 12 pages. Oh, it totally sucked. And it was like, whenever you exit your house door, turn right to enter the car door. I know, like literally the first like half of the first page was useless to everyone. It was absolutely useless. It was just getting useless. you out of your own neighborhood, which was like, okay, guys. And it wasn't like, like it took literally like six steps just to get you off your own street. Also, if you got lost, if you missed a street, like you were done for. Yeah, it was it. Your paper stack won't recalculate. Also, I... I'm not good at like when knowing you know, distances, like miles and stuff. Oh yeah, and it'd be like in 400 ice cream cones, turn right. Yeah, and you're like, um, was that 400 or 500? I don't know. Not really. I might have missed feet, it. and it was totally fine. But, but for you, just well, especially compared to now, might as well be a it was just foreign language. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So around midnight, uh, on her computer, she searched MapQuest for directions to Burlington, Vermont. Um, around 1 p.m., she emailed her boyfriend saying, quote, I got your messages, but honestly, I don't feel like talking to mu- too much of anyone. I promise to call you tonight, though, which obviously made police believe that there was problems in right. their relationship. Um, she also called inquiring about renting a condo in Bartlett, New Hampshire. Um, but that never happened. Like, and what was the first place that she mapped? So she lives in Massachusetts. Okay. She called about Burlington, Vermont. Okay. Then she called about Bartlett, New Hampshire. Okay. Um, so at around 1 24 PM that day, she emailed a supervisor of her nursing program, letting them know that she was going out of town for a death in the family. There was no death in her family. Right. Um, at around 2 5 PM, she called a number that provided information about booking hotels in Stowe, Vermont. Yeah. Um, when her car was found, she had also packed a lot of things like clothing, toiletries, college textbooks, and birth control pills. When her room was searched later, they found uh, most of her things in boxes, and it was believed she had done it within the last couple of days because everything there wasn't like dust or anything. Um, and also, all the artwork was taken off her walls. On top of one of the boxes, Murray had printed off an email to her boyfriend that indicated trouble in their relationship, which to me seems like she found out someone was cheating or something like that. Um, at around 3.30 p.m., she left her campus in her car. At 3.40, she went to an ATM and withdrew $280 from her bank account. 
The surveillance camera showed that she was alone. Which for a college student is like everything you have, right? Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> um, that Then at a nearby liquor store, she bought about $40 worth of different alcohol. Again, she was alone in that security footage. Okay, also, um, it's they didn't know exactly when, but at some point in the day, she had gone to the Massachusetts Registry of Motor Vehicles and picked up accident report forms. Um, so she was trying to kill herself, right? I don't know. Why would you have accident report forms for that? Oh, yeah, no. Okay, she just had a psychotic break. I don't know. So, um, at around between 4 and 5 p.m. is when she headed on her destination to where she was going, okay? Okay. So, at around 7 p.m. in Woodsville, New Hampshire, uh, a woman heard a loud thump outside of her house. Through her window, she saw a car up against the snowbank of the highway facing the wrong way. So, she was facing west on an eastbound Yeah, she was trying to kill herself. Side. Um, she called the police, the lady, not Murray, yeah. at around 7.27 p.m. to report the accident. At the time, she reported seeing a man smoking a cigarette inside of the car, but later she said it actually looked more like the red light glowing from glowing from like a cell phone inside of her car, and she also said she couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman. What red light from a cell phone? 2004? Um, yeah. Do you remember like on the outside of your phone, how there was like a light? Remember, mine used to flash when it would tell me that I had text yeah, messages. I mean, I had that, that too. kind of thing. Um, Not no four though, huh? I didn't have a cell phone in 04. So no, wait, no, I didn't. I was, it was 13. like my Nokia bricks in 04. I don't know. Maybe like a light from the actual cell phone. Maybe thing. I don't know. Um, so at around that same time, a bus driver was returning home from work and he saw the car pulled up and pulled up beside it. He said he saw a woman standing outside of the vehicle who didn't look hurt, just cold and scared. She offered to call for help, but she asked him not to. And even when report, he had put the word pleaded not to um, call the police and said she had already called AAA. He, when he left and he knew um, it was a pretty r- rural area. God, I've used that word too many times mm. on this podcast and it makes me feel stupid every time. At least time. six times. <laughs> He knew there was no cell phone service in that in the area, so he knew she was lying. So he drove home and also called the police at around 7.43 p.m. So at 7.46, police arrived at the scene. There was no one inside or around the car. The car had hit a tree on the right side of the vehicle, which is not the driver's side. So that doesn't feel very much like suicide to me. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and it was so damaged, the car was inoperable. Both airbags had deployed and the car was locked. The cop reported seeing red stains around the car that looked like wine, an empty beer bottle, and damaged box of wine in the back seat. He also found a AAA card issued to Murray Bank blank accident form reports, gloves, CDs, makeup, diamond jewelry, MapQuest driving directions to Vermont, Murray's favorite stuffed animal, a book, and all that other stuff I said before. Uh, missing was her cell phone de- and debit and credit cards. Also, once they saw what she bought at the liquor stores, like later on the uh, cameras, they also reported seeing some of those bottles missing. Um, three months after the incident, this is the only time she was ever reported seeing since that scene since then. A man reported actually seeing someone walking down the, the highway that night at around 8, 830, about four miles away from where the accident had been. Um, but the only the reason he didn't report it is because he actually thought like when he heard about what had happened that she because that was only those few days later, he didn't know that it was the same day that he saw that person and then he checked his logs of what days he was working and where and that's when he realized it was the same day right so then he reported yeah, it like, you know days like blend together yeah yeah especially when you're doing the same job every day 
Um, at 517 the next day, Murray was officially considered a missing person and they began searching for her. They used one of her gloves from her car uh, with a police dog who followed the scent 100 yards east until losing it. This made the police believe that she got picked up in another car. Um, the police concluded that she, they believed that she came here to run away or commit suicide, but her family thought that was unlikely. Murray's boyfriend arrived at around 5 p.m. Um, he had flown to where it was, and he had ter- obviously turned his phone off for the duration of the flight. And whenever he landed, he had a voicemail of someone sobbing. And as he said it, he thought it was her. When they traced the call, it was from a calling card issued uh, to the American Red Cross. Also, um, I didn't know this, but for most missing person cases, the FBI doesn't get involved. That's not really a thing. Ten days into this case, they did. Um, By March, they had mostly given up looking, mostly because there was still snow on the ground and they're not going to see a whole lot. So on July 13th, they did their first search of the area without snow. They did a one-mile radius search of the area, but found nothing conclusive. Um, after all of that, the case had mostly gone cold. Her father did a lot of like um, interviews, talking on TV shows. Um, he made a website for her to try to find out any information. But law enforcement didn't really have anything else to go off of. There have been no other sightings or anything else found about her since that night and the case is still considered open today okay so she definitely just wanted a new life and succeeded right but didn't because if she succeeded she would have taken her car to wherever she was going she would have had all that crap that she wanted like yeah even, i mean she packed right so well, not yeah only, but i think she was she was probably dry and drinking right but not only packed even just the stuff that was still in her car even just the fact that there was some alcohol still in her car yeah but she and she was drinking hit something, knew the cops would arrest her. Right. That's not what she wanted. Right. So she just took off. But also clearly didn't have a good idea of where the hell she was going. No, had no right? clue. I think she was just ready to run away. Right. From her life. For who knows what reason. Yeah. And she, yeah, she just. So when, I mean, she probably likes her new life. That's why she wouldn't come forward, right? Yeah, because I mean, there's been nothing. No radio silence. Boyfriend hasn't heard anything. Family hasn't heard anything. Well, I mean, her dad does all kind of interviews. I just feel like if it was me, if I was fine and I was safe. I couldn't not tell my parents. I would Jeez. find a way, even if I like just Unless used, they were like the reason, I guess. Even if I, yeah, even if I just, there has to be someone in your life. One person. I don't but know. You would just tell. The most interesting thing to me is just how wrong it went. Yeah. Like clearly it went wrong. But right. I mean, she's probably not dead. There's they a chance, oh, but there's also a chance she got picked up by a creeper and is. And she's just dead. Yeah, that's true. Or too. there's a chance that she, you know. Like, was okay, got another car, but, like, got hypothermia from walking around in the snow right. in February. They said she was wearing, like, a loose, like, a jacket and jeans and sneakers. Like, she wasn't wearing, like... Yeah, like, heavy winter clothes. Yeah, and it was February in Massachusetts, so... It's just really interesting to me because it's, like, so many of these, it's clear that, like, obviously the person was trying to get away. And, obviously, I to me, it's clear she was. I don't think it was a suicide attempt because it didn't seem like one. No, I think it was, like, a new life attempt. But I'm yeah. interested... what the hell are the accident reports for? An idea. <laughs> was she going to try to like, the only thing I can think of Unless is like, she was trying to like, and she was trying to hit a car. Well, no, my thought is like, maybe she was going to try to like, wherever she got to, she was going to try to fake one for herself. So people would think that she died. Yeah. But why would she do an accident report? I got nothing, man. Yeah, I just don't understand. Be. Maybe she's just like a dumb college student who doesn't know how that works. Maybe. Or, or maybe she was trying to, maybe she was like in financial trouble 
and then was trying to get somebody to hit her car and then fill out an accident report like to get insurance money or something while also trying to while also drinking i don't know and running away i don't know that's weird it's a weird one yeah it feels very much motivated by the boyfriend right it feels like there was something going on with the boyfriend and that was her way of saying like i'm leaving you but what would it take to like leave all of your stuff I mean, all she took was like a few things, even like the planned leaving. It was mostly just like her favorite thing, her very few favorite things in alcohol. Which was probably one of her favorite things. Apparently it was. I don't know. That's just I think she probably had a psychotic break. Like, that's just it's what it's got to be. Right. And she wasn't thinking rationally. Just knew she wanted to get away. And then that was it. But that's nuts. Yeah, that's a weird story. Yeah, I thought it was. All right, cool. So. Let's take a break for an ad. And I've totally lost track of who we're plugging this week, but I have but listened to everybody. They're awesome. They're so good. I've listened to everybody. They're Whichever really good. Whichever one they are, they're great. They're awesome. Uh, so check them out. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Kevin. And we're the hosts of the Rinkside Podcast. We were annoyed by the lack of hockey coverage on local sports radio and decided that we were stupid enough to try and provide some ourselves. We have what we call the rinkside guarantee. We guarantee that the podcast you're currently listening to is better than ours. We are literally just two halves of one whole idiot trying to fumble through covering the Detroit Red Wings, the National Hockey League, and hockey in general. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at RinksidePod and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast providers. Every time you listen to our podcast, it brings us one step closer to our ultimate business goal of purchasing the Arizona Coyotes and then moving them to Detroit. What? Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming, or just another commercial. We aren't the ones who make those choices. So I want to take a moment to talk about PodCoin. It's a new app that's out there that actually pays you to listen to podcasts, which considering you're listening to our podcast, I would think maybe you're interested in this. Um, For every 10 minutes that you listen to it, you're going to get something called a PodCoin, which you can use to rack up... uh, gift cards or stuff for charity. So like we do calories for dogs or like dog food, as Rachel so adamantly wants me to call it, but they count it in calories. And so dadgummit, we've donated like 9000 calories to pups. Um, It's pretty great. So no other podcast app lets you do that. So check it out. Podcoin. Use our promo code skep skep S-K-E-P S-K-E-P all caps, no spaces. And you'll get 300 free pod coins. Uh, for your session with PodCoin. Okay, so this week I'm talking about the Kelly Hopkinsville, Kentucky encounter. Okay, so I hadn't heard about this until I heard about this new documentary uh, series that's actually on YouTube for free called Hellier. Uh, H-E-L-L-I-E-R. It's in reference to Hellier, Kentucky, which is a city. Um, I really don't want to give a lot away. I would just say, just check it out. Watch episode one. It will hook you. Um, I mean, if it's you so if bad. you listen to this, it'll definitely hook you. I, I can guarantee it's like a 100% ratio. Um, so check it out. We actually are only like into episode two, so we don't know where it goes. I mean, it could be totally bogus, but it's interesting. There's and a that's chance that. like literally next week, we could be like, guys, this was stupid. Kidding. Yeah, but uh, it comes off very well. I actually heard about it while listening to the Mysterious Universe podcast, which again, can't recommend them enough. They're like us, but with Australian accents. Um, and it's, I mean, it's phenomenal content. So check them out as well. Um, and I also want to plug Skeptoid, which is a podcast and magazine, I think, 
um, because I'm going to have to take some of this like I, I, I'm purposefully taking uh, some of this story word for word from them because we're going to compare and contrast to an article from Country Living uh, because <laughs> okay, it'll make sense anyway. So in 1955 in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, um, two cars with five adults and several children uh, pulled up to the police station and they said, quote, we need help. We've been fighting them for nearly four hours. Right. Um, Interesting thing to say to some police folks. Uh, But anyway, so uh, this encounter ended up being called the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, which ended up being a huge like UFO uh, alien thing. And what they claimed were that small alien creatures had come from a spaceship and were harassing their household. And the two families inside had been holding them off with gunfire since dusk. Okay. Faces had appeared at their windows. One grabbed a man's hair and any number of the little beings had been floating around on or near the ground, flying from tree to rooftop and and evading their capture. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in response to this, because of the claim that there wasn't like essentially an active gunfight four city police, uh, uh, personnel, five state troopers and three deputy sheriffs from various jurisdictions, plus four military personnel from the nearby U.S. Army Fort Campbell base uh, all went to the property. Wow. Uh, well, that like feels very official to me. Oh, it does. Because I feel like a lot of times when people are like, oh, this happened, people are like, you're crazy. Yeah, but no. for them to take it that seriously. Yeah, they did. It's so they- like red flags. Right. So they get there and the creatures, of course, are nowhere to be found. Of course. So Hopkinsville is a small town in rural Kentucky. Uh, there <laughs> needs to be a better word for that. Also, how many of these things happen in rural places? Of course they do. Uh, but anyway, so uh, rural Kentucky and Kelly is just a smattering of houses a few miles north of the high on the highway from Hopkinsville. So apparently if you go there or from there or have ever been there, it really kind of looks the same as it did in the 1950s. Um, it's just a bunch of green, flat farm country. Um, and it's, you know, just a small place, right? So this house was um, rented to a Miss Glennie Lankford. She had her three grown sons, their wives, and a friend named Billy Ray Taylor from Pennsylvania visiting, and then a bunch of children, right? They were all there for a family supper when around 7 p.m., Billy Ray took a bucket out to the well for some water when a light flashed overhead in the sky. According to the story, as told in a bunch of UFO books, Billy Ray identified it as a flying saucer and watched it land behind some trees remember that okay um soon the families began to hear strange noises and the dog barking outside and upon investigating lucky sutton one of the sons and billy ray saw the first of their these creatures emerging from the trees now according to the country living article he billy ray actually went inside to an active card game that was going on and reported what he saw and they thought he was pulling a prank because apparently that was within kind of his nature yeah um, and tried to convince uh, and convince people to join him, which is when the creature came out from the woods. OK, so two different stories already. So as the story is told, they shot the creature, um, no matter how they came across it, they did shoot at it. Um, and then others appear and all of them seem res- resistant to bullets the, they would shoot them and they'd float to the ground rather than falling, whether out of a tree or from like on the ground itself. But they would always escape. The men went through whole boxes of ammunition. The children were hidden under the beds and the men repeatedly fired through windows at faces that kept popping up like a, like in a uh, like gun funhouse. Mm-hmm. The families estimated that some 12 to 15 creatures were involved. They had large eyes, possibly antennas, were about a meter tall, had spindly, useless legs and human like hands. When a bullet would strike one, it sounded like shooting a tin can. 
So around the same time, a neighbor about a quarter mile north of them noticed lights in the woods behind the Sutton farm and figured the family was searching for one of their pigs that had gotten out. Later, when he heard the gunshots, he just thought that it was a bobcat or some other kind of uh, predator going after the prey, right? So anyway, according to Country Living, it's like totally a totally different story. And again, this goes back into what we're going to talk about later. But um, according to Country Living, um, like I said, Billy Ray saw what he saw, came into an active card game. They went out, they saw the creature. And then uh, the men come back. They start guarding the house uh, with uh, Lucky Sutton in the front of the shotgun and Billy Ray guarding the back of the house with a 22. Okay. Okay. Um, and Glennie, the person who was renting the house, was wondering, like, how far they'd go for a joke. So she asked Lucky, you know, like, what's going on? And he replies, quote, um, that I hope you w- you won't find out. Right. Like a okay. cryptic message. Right? Of course. But anyway, so this account from Country Living is like incredibly detailed, detailed to the point it's a novel. Essentially, it's not even like it doesn't come off as an account. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so. When they're talking, a three foot tall alien, right? Same, same description, uh, enters the front of the house and, um, or it, it enters the doorway to the house and got shot by a 22 through the screen door. Okay. Okay. By Billy Ray. Um, cause he had the 22. So, uh, Billy Ray couldn't just like leave it at that shooting the creature. He was uh, spurred by curiosity and stepped out onto the porch. And as he did, a clawed hand reached down from the roof and grazed his hair. So the grazing of the hair is actually pretty common in a lot of these stories, Um, like a lot of the retellings. Right. Okay. So not knowing the creature's intent, Aline, one of the women, uh, grabbed Billy Ray and yanked him back into the house. And Lucky stepped outside, aiming his gun at the roof. The creature he shot rolled off the roof, but then disappeared into the woods, apparently uninjured. In the living room, a pair of glowing eyes and set of talons appeared through the window. JC mm. shot at shot through the glass with a 20 gauge shotgun and close behind Billy Ray followed up his shot with a with a 22 bullet. The struck creature backflipped and then took off running. Glenny, um, again, the renter of the house, starts praying and the women and children are prompted to go hide or go under the beds like the other account. Right. Mm-hmm. Lucky and Billy Ray go out to survey the front yard while JC and Opie, another guy, um, and Glenny all wait inside and JC's armed with a, with yet another gun, right? So someone yells to look at the maple tree and this time pretty much everybody clearly sees one of these quote little men perched on a branch above them. They shoot at it, but instead of falling, the beam floated off, okay? The noise they heard when fired uh, sounded again like hitting metal. Um, and... Realizing their gunfire was useless, the men retreated back into the house. That's when Glenny uh, tries to calm the situation down and settle things down. She asserts that the creatures have never actually really tried to hurt them. So maybe they should just go to the police station. Right. Mm -hmm. So they do. And then that brings us back to this beginning of the story. Right. So the police um, and all these other men from the army and whatnot are uh, are on the scene for about two and a half hours. Okay. Um, And what happens while they're there varies greatly from story to story. Okay. Hugely. Okay. But most state that there's a bunch of spent ammunition everywhere. Uh, It's scattered all over. The house's windows are extensively damaged by gunfire, um, but no sign of the creatures were found except for some green luminescent glow, which was discovered on a nearby fence that was gone the next day. However, the problem with that is that actually fits the perfect description of what's called foxfire, which is a bioluminescent fungus up in that area. Yeah. um, That can be found on decaying wood. So, 
that maybe even did happen, but people kind of blew it off. Right. Right. So anyway, two officers returned in that next morning and were told by neighbors that the families had all packed up and left um, to Indiana after reporting that the creatures returned at about 3.30 in the morning. They didn't start shooting this time, uh, but the creatures apparently scratched at the house and made walking noises on the roof, and that was just enough for them to get out of there. So um, according to a 1955 reporting of the event by the Kentucky uh, New Era's uh, Joe Doris, and his name will come up a couple times, Billy Ray um, only told the Suttons um, that he saw the shooting bright light later uh, in retellings of the story. He didn't actually say that he had reported it to them. So that was something that he said it later. So then it got mixed into the original. Right. Um, And then this spun into uh, by various authors that Billy Ray actually watched a spaceship land. Okay, and you'll see that online and in books. They say that Billy Ray saw it land behind trees and then the creature came out. Okay, but in the original account, he just saw something fly by. He never even really and he never even said it to anybody. Okay, it was probably one of those where like it all happened. And then he was like, oh, I remember seeing this thing. Exactly. And we'll talk about what he saw, too. Um And the uh, corroboration by other witnesses in other locales who also saw the fireball was uh, cited as evidence of a UFO, right? Um, Here's the problem with that. At that exact same time and night, there was a meteor shower. Of course there Uh, was. The Kappa Cygnids, which is a minor meteor shower, uh, was taking place, and it's part of a broader meteor shower of the uh, Perseids, Perseides, it's a huge meteor shower. Got it. Anyway, um, and even Fort Campbell has uh, observers reporting it, right? Because it's a huge meteor shower. Yeah. So um, then there are claims that this is actually part of Project Blue Book, like the Air Force got involved at some Uh point, but there's almost no evidence of that. And in Project Blue Book's own files, um, it's actually filed under hoaxes. Um, And their definition, Project Blue Book's own definition of hoaxes, uh, one phase of operations which takes so much time and effort not to say unlimited, not to say unlimited patience is the constant flow of sightings to be found to be or strongly believed to be deliberate hoaxes. Many of these hoaxes are crude, others are devilishly clever. I should like to present only a few examples from our files with a few comments regarding each, and then there was in there Hopkinsville. Yeah. The Hopkinsville, quote, little green men, and then there's, but there's no corroborating, like, uh, or accompanying information, though, because that part was redacted, okay? So anyway, um... But, I mean, it really kind of does leave little doubt as to where what they thought of this event, right? Yeah. Um, and the claim that Air Force investigators showed up the very next day at uh, Lankford's house, um, which has been published by a bunch of authors and a bunch of people retelling the story, um, there's actually no corroborating evidence of this. In fact, there was a... Uh, um, that jo- Joe Doris person, um, the reporter, uh-huh. went to her house the next day and didn't report anything about these... Air Force oh, yeah. people, which so, they would have, yeah, for sure, didn't happen. So, um, and it also turns out the magnitude of the gunfire and panic has been egregiously over exaggerated over the years. Um, so while in town for the 50 year festival, uh, a guy named Joe Nickel examined the original police reports and the contemporary news reports, mm-hmm. um, which anybody can look these up. But it turns out the police only found the single uh 22 bullet hole in the screen. Um, oh. Yeah, the, the only one. Um, and there were a ton of neighbors with an earshot, and including the one who thought that they were just getting the pig back. Um, and they only heard a grand total of four shots, which they thought were firecrackers. So they just, yeah. like, didn't bother. Um, now, 
the person in Skeptoid, and I agree with this statement, that's why I'm going to include it, says that's not to say that the family wasn't genuinely frightened. Um, a lot of people believe they were, and they believe their reports to the police to be, um, you know, absolutely honest. Like they thought that they were battling something, right? So what was it? Um, let me show you two pictures real quick. Yeah, right. So if you want to play along, Google the Hopkinsville encounter, and you will see like these classic photos of like goblin looking things, right? But then Google a great horned owl. Okay. Oh yeah. Like they look far off. pretty much the same. So here's a problem. That's a very common animal out there. Uh, also have huge eyes and have the horn looking things. Yeah, but owls don't mess with you. <laughs> they do when they're nesting. So that's what they also said. Oh. Um, they are actually known. These owls are particularly known to attack human beings if they get too close to their nest. So, um, it's not out of the question they were aggressive. And then also that claim of 12 to 15 could have just been a couple owls that were popping up over and over again. Um, and owls are disturbing looking. If you see them in the dark, very creepy eyes are huge. They can do the whole 360 head thing. Um, so that I think is what they're actually, they were scared of. So I do think they were scared. I do think they saw a meteor, And I do think they saw huge eyes and weird, huge looking ears outside of their home. Right. Um, And that's what they saw was a bunch of owls. So this is not to discount Hellier. I think it's still a really interesting documentary. You should definitely check it out. Um, That's not to say that this isn't paranormal at all. I just don't think it is. I really don't. I think this is a classic case of a bunch of people who were legitimately scared by something, but it's misidentification. Um, But... You know, I'm open to saying it was more. I just don't see it. I don't know this. Yeah, I. I feel like this is one of those that maybe. I'm having a hard time with this because I feel like comparing it to what we've already seen in Hellier, like. Obviously, I'm not going to like give the show away. Not that I really can. We've only watched one episode, but the small amount of actual proof that they had in in the specific case they're talking about in Hellier is still so much bigger than this one. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because it's just the fact they showed up and there was literally nothing to prove that this happened. Like, not scratches left on the windows, not weird stuff, not footprints, not anything that, like, to me is, feels very much like, yeah, it was probably, you think about it too, like, when you live on a land out like that, there's no, like, there's no street lights. There's nothing. Well, that's actually what they said too, that um, the house had no exterior lighting. Yeah. And so, once they got creeped out, they turned on all the interior lighting well, so they couldn't see. eyes glow. Yeah. Like, exactly. owls have glowy eyes, which is also terrifying. I saw, I remember one time in high school, me and my friend saw an owl sitting on top of a roof. They're terrified. It was a big owl and we freaked out. Yeah. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. We were terrified. They're super creepy. Because their eyes glow and they just stare at you with those big, terrifying yeah. eyes. And, and they can just like and, follow you. Yes. And that's all you see. You just see this like black silhouette figure and then yeah. just eyeballs. Like I know. They look very creepy. Right. And if so I didn't imagine know it one that's owl, agitated and popping up all well, around the house. Well, especially because I think like for like what I just said, I would not in my eyes, even if I thought at the beginning it was probably owls, if they started coming at me like that and like messing with my house, I would not think they were owls. Oh, and if you if you don't think owls are creepy, like if you just haven't had that experience, <laughs> Google this. Uh, well, I'm going to say we're going to put it on our social media account, but we all know we probably won't. Google it just in case. <laughs> Google it anyway. Um, <coughs> but there's a there was a like uh, viral video of a guy who like heard these noises in his like 
some part of his roof. So he sticks a camera up there and there's like this family of owls that like creepily look at the camera. Oh my God. They look, they look animatronic and well, creepy. Because like they move their heads so, so weirdly swivelly like it's like or it, you'll see in this video have you seen this video no oh i'll show I don't it to you to. i'm good anyway so I it's can, super creepy i can see it in my head and, and i do legitimately think like the owls really creep them out i don't think they hyperbolize that and and then i think that this story again like we've talked about so many times just kind of grew legs of its own the only thing that interests me is the idea that like even once in their own home they continue to antagonize them like when they were all in the house trying to like keep these things away and they're like scratching on the windows and stuff that's, and then coming back again at like three 30 in the morning, well, um, that's kind of interesting. Well, to me. similar to that YouTube video I just talked about, it's because they'll, they'll put that nest in the roof. Well, and I get that, but like at three 30 in the morning, I'm assuming these people were all attempting to sleep in their house when they'd already been in their house. However many days, yeah, but all they heard was something walking on the roof. And scratch. They said scratching the windows too. No, that was the first time they oh, didn't. I thought they did the second mm, time too. Oh. It was just walking on the roof. I can see I'm how sure. though you would view that as not normal animal oh, yeah. behavior. Hundred percent. Right. I, well, I think it's like it's a perfect storm, right? Like, I mean, owls are rare. Like a lot of photographers try to get really good pictures of them, and they can't. Well, yeah, because they're only out at night. Right. And then the fact that these are particularly aggressive or had a nest there. Yeah, I mean. Interesting. I could see myself freaking out. Well, and then of course, a meteor shower happening that night. Yeah. What are the odds? Exactly. But I mean, it's a fact. It happened. But what right? if the meteor shower had aliens in it? Yeah. So I mean, go on the opposite side of it, right? If we want to get real crazy with right. this. And, and again, watch Hellier and go into it with, because they reference the case, but this case has really, truly nothing no. to do with the documentary. Like, watch it. They have some interesting stuff. It's very, very compelling, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, of course we're going to say it's an owl and a bunch of crazy hicks because if I were an alien, that's exactly who I'd pick on, you know? And I always think about that. I'm like, okay, so if aliens really are as advanced and as smart as we want them to be slash think of them to be, of course they're going to pick rural areas where people are in, especially like dark areas like that, where if they're going to try to investigate humans that's where they would do it they're not going to go to times square yeah and well and let's say they are in advanced things that traverse space right like dudes with a shotgun and a 22 is like it's like a ant hill trying yeah, to kill it's nothing, you right you know like another thing i like the idea of like they avoided our bullets it's like or you're just not a good shot yeah you could just be not be a also good it's shot. an owl right? animals move very quickly well like, so that's the one thing like if it were was truly owls and the any of these accounts are anywhere good, it, you cannot point blank miss an owl with a 20 gauge. Like, it just can't happen. So that's one thing. Also, why would it sound like you were hitting 10? I don't get that either. From, like, the believer side of things, right? But th I think the crux of all that, though, comes to how badly misconstrued was that story, though. Also, I think something that we've kind of touched on a few times is the... When people are afraid, your brain goes a little crazy. Like, oh, yeah, there's a chance that like maybe someone shot and misfired and hit the shed or hit. Sure. Something else. But of course they would and, say it was well, what they know. But also the other person who wasn't even looking. Yeah. Wasn't even paying attention. Who's already in their brain decided this is a creepy alien goblin thing attacking right. me. 
oh, why does it sound like that when you hit it? You know, and, or, yep. or, or even well, like, and then you would, every single shot after that, you would hear it. Like you, you would yes. make it up. You right. know, I like, mean, when, when you in your mind. experience that amount of fear, the amount of fear that literally drives you to leave your home and not come back. I think you, your brain can imagine a lot of things. Yeah. I think you can well, see like, things a lot of ways that they're not. It's like the classic thing. Like I love my mom dearly, but I'm going to poke a little bit of fun at her. Right. Yeah, she doesn't listen. It's fine. She doesn't. It's true. But here's like, she, my mom's a good fisherman. Like, well, I mean, she, she's lucky and she's also tenacious and she will find a place where it is. Right. But a hundred percent of the time, according to her, it's a fish, right? It's yeah, never grass. Right. It's never a rock. A hundred percent of the time it's a fish. Even if like, she even pulls, if she's even phenomenal. if she reels it all the way in and there's literally like moss hanging off of her. Oh, it was a fish thing. that drug her into the moss. Yeah. Yes. And so like, even if she's a phenomenal, like out of the world type of good fisherman, right? Um, maybe it's a 25% chance, but to her, it's always a hundred. Mm-hmm. Same thing with paranormal stuff, in my opinion. Well, it's the same as like when you go to a scary place looking for scary things, everything is a scary thing. Yeah everything like it can't and i mean there are other people out there who think more logically sure especially people have done it a lot like ghost hunters and things like that um and when i say ghost hunters i mean like the ghost hunters not all ghost hunters obviously because they're not all like that but they look for the most logical side of things but i think someone like me who is a novice and who's terrified anything i heard would be that exactly and that's and so i think if one person was like looking at an owl and saw this terrifying looming creature and put it in all of their brains that this is an evil thing to attack you. And even if it was an owl, even knowing it's an owl, if an owl is attacking you in your own home, like that's scary. They're peering in the window and scratching it, and all you oh, see is their eyes. If it happened right now, I'd freak out. I would, yeah. I would get my gun, like for real. I'd be a little for sure. <laughs> um, and so I think that's kind of I, I can see where that would go come from. And also to be fair, though, I'm sure there's many times where maybe there's a chance. Not many times. There's a chance that it could really happen. And we're all going to say that we're all going to say, oh, well, it was fear. It was you imagining things, whatever. Because as humans, we also do that. Like we justify things and we want to find a logical reason. Right. And I'm. I'm humble enough to say I don't think there's a logical reason for everything always, or at least not one that like my brain can comprehend well enough or that my I would accept, I guess, as logical. But this one feels pretty clear, clean cut to me. It does, too. Yeah. but yeah, still an interesting case. If if nothing more than to just see how our culture runs away with certain things. Um, and then it becomes this whole other thing because then it's like how many people based the monster, quote unquote, that they saw off of having read this oh, yeah. at some point, you know? And so it's just one of those things that where it's, you know, it just like magnitudes, not not additions. It's magnitudes of influence, right? Well, that's where so many of the monsters come from is one person or a few people. Yep. Same as like the lizard man of swamp. Yep. I forgot what Skateboard swamp. Yep. There you go. Um, one person saw this giant lizard and because of that, everyone else did too. And that see, doesn't mean. That doesn't mean there's nothing. And that doesn't mean a few of those people it. didn't see it. That mm-hmm. mean that didn't mean the first person didn't see it. That didn't mean everyone who thought they saw it right. saw it. That just means there's a chance that it's completely tainted. And that's right. what people were looking for. Especially because it just happened to not happen anymore after that summer. Like. Yeah. People, it just kind of died down and nobody talked about it anymore. Yep. But hey, maybe it got people started getting all up in its swamp and it got freaked out and it left. Who maybe. knows? Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is one of those things that's like a, a classic in between. Like, I think it was something. I just don't think it was what they think it is. 
and what the subsequent stories are. Oh yeah, I completely stand them leaving. That's another thing I was gonna say too is like as Billy Ray or sorry, uh, yeah, as Billy Ray, they also mentioned that like Lucky was somebody that like once something was in his mind, like that's just the way it was, right? And they they said he was like a no nonsense kind of person, so that's why like so many people believed him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when somebody you trust says, "Hey, there's aliens attacking the house," someone who is and then you hear right, yeah, and then you hear things and stuff like then you can convince yourself of that. Like there's there's this uh, meme going around that was like. if you're a guy like tying something down to a truck or a trailer, um, you cannot complete the ritual without saying, well, that ain't going anywhere. And it's so true. <laughs> Every guy I know like that has ever tied anything to anything will, will say that ain't going anywhere. And like, um, but it's like, it's like that self assurance, right? Yeah. Like, like once you say it, it's like, it's gotta be fact, even if it isn't. I think that's the same thing with this. Like, um, he had no reason probably to actually believe these were aliens, but once it was said, you can't take that back, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, so a bunch of people shared a bunch of great stories that we're actually going to be looking into. Like I still have a good catalog of stories uh, for us to look into. Um, yeah. So we're not ignoring you. We're just having a hard time finding time to record. Um, so we're going to try to get that done. Um, get a couple episodes here in the next couple days out. So um, if we don't get to your story in a while, it's not because we think it's dumb or anything like that. It's just because, you know, we're just doing kind of getting through the list as we go. Also, to be fair, like we kind of try to mix it up. We don't want to do like an episode with aliens and an episode with aliens in a row or whatever. So like like someone shared a great Bigfoot story that I'm super pumped to do, but we just did the Bigfoot episode. Yeah. So we're going to let it chill for a little bit. Yeah. We just kind of try to mix it up. So if you send us like a really awesome alien story right after we did an alien story, there's a, it might be a few weeks before we do that. It has nothing to do with your suggestion. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, yeah, uh, feel free to reach out to us at any time and let us know what you think of the blooper episode. I'll still try to cut some of those out. Um, it's going to be painful to watch, uh, listen to um, for us, but hopefully funny for you guys. Um, none of it will have context. It's going to be absolutely incoherent, but it, hopefully you get a couple chuckles out of it. Um, but yeah, so this has been another episode and thank you for listening so much. Bye. Bye.